past president of the USDF, a member of the USEF Dressage Committee, chair of the USEF High Performance Eligible Athlete Committee, member of the USEF High Performance Dressage Committee, U.S. Equestrian National Youth Coach for the Discover Dressage USEF-USDF Emerging Athlete Program, international dressage competitor, and humble as the day is long. This is just part of who George Williams is. I'm Jennifer Malachi, one of the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, and I had a chance to sit down with George and his wife, Roberta, also an accomplished FEI trainer and rider, at the historic Dressage at Devon Horse Show. In addition to operating Williams Dressage LLC, the pair works tirelessly to make dressage accessible to those who share their passion for the sport. We talked about George's tenure with the USDF, his desire to give back to the sport, and some of George's and Roberta's most memorable moments, including their love of dressage at Devon and, of course, George's unforgettable wins at this legendary venue on the Mare Rocher, owned by Chuck and Joanne Smith. We hope you enjoy. Hey there, I'm Jennifer Malachi. I'm Lindsay Paulson. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage, from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, horse care tips, and stories to inspire your own dressage journey. Tune in, then tack up. George and Roberta, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, George, I thought maybe we could just start with you briefly telling us how you got involved with the USDF. That's a good question. It's um, it was a, sort of a very slow, long process. Um, the the I, initially when I was working for Temple Farms, um, I took over the management of the horses and the training of the horses and that aspect of it. Um, and so in that position, we thought it would be good for me to attend the USDF meet, annual meeting, the convention. Um, so we did, and, and I believe that year it was in Savannah, but I don't can't really remember exactly where we were. But um, I got involved. I found the Competitors Council, which was one of the councils at that time, one of the committees, was very interesting. Uh, Natalie Lamping was the chair of it. And we got involved in some discussions, and slowly I got through those discussions, got a little more involved and a little more involved. Um, and through that, um, Marianne Ludwig uh, eventually appointed me to a position on the US EF, it would have been US uh, American Horse Show Association at that time, but on their dressage committee. Um, and then also within USDF, um, uh, Lizelle Kanaki had really encouraged me to continue to get more and more involved. So I really went, started on with the committee as a committee member and then eventually chaired the committee and then the rest, I guess, is history. I just moved from one committee to the next and, you know, I, and, and I always felt that it was very important to give back to the sport and to be able to participate in that manner. Roberta, um, what do you think George's greatest strength was during his time as president at the USDF? Well, first off, it's hard to remember when he started off being president because he is he was also vice president before that and being on all these committees. But I think one of George's greatest strengths is, in general is his ability to be diplomatic and to be able to bring both sides together. Um, his 
tenacity for his long-range vision, I think, is extraordinary. It's something that, you know, okay, I might be the president of the George Williams fan club, but I think it's something that really guided USDF through many, many years. And with his diplomacy, he also brought together USDF and USEF to be really good at working together. George, what would you say during your time as with USDF and as USDF president was your most notable achievement? Boy, I'm, I'm not sure if there was one. Um, there are several, and I think, you know, I think what's really important to keep in mind is that it really is always a group effort. Um, I was really very excited that we were able to get uh, the U.S. Dressage Finals off the ground and going, and I have to say Janine Malone was a huge um, help in doing that and, play, and played a very important role. Um, I think I was very fortunate, and we had a good group of people that, that also were on the board with me at that time. Um, and anyway, I had a good group of people the whole time. I don't mean it that way, but but especially to get the U.S. Dressage Final started, it was definitely the right time, and it was the right group of people. That was a project that we kept. We had thought and had envisioned for a lot of years, probably 10 years before it actually happened, um, or long, it could have been longer, We, we 20 years from... Um, it started back when Alan Dixon Miller was president of USDF and chair of the of the um, AHSA Dressage Committee, um, and I think so. We had been around; the idea had been around for a long time, but we had to wait for uh, the sport to grow enough to have the interest. We had to wait for the the um, fund that we have, the investment fund that helps to guarantee that we can continue to do it without. Um, going into the uh, the annual operating budget. Um, so we felt very safe in doing that manner. We had to wait for the economy to be right. And there, there kept being different things. And I think we started it in 2013, and that was, it, we waited for that year. It was, it's been successful since it started. And I think it was, it was probably very smart that we did wait mm-hmm. so that it would be, hopefully it's, it's long-term and it's around for quite a while. Um, I think the other, for me, the other big thing was really, and I was certainly was not the first, because as I mentioned, Ellen Dixon Miller was also a chair of a HSA dressage committee and, and at the same time president of USDF. So, but I think what I was able to do in my time is to, again, build the relationship between USEF and USDF. And I think that's crucial. We were the first affiliate of the USEF to have a memorandum of understanding. The first time it actually was put in writing that that, that an affiliate's recognized as an, as the expert in their discipline, in our case a discipline, um, and what, what our roles really are and really trying to clarify those roles. So I think those those are two major things. And, and through the memorandum memorandum of understanding. Um, there's a lot of s- smaller things that have happened in, in the education of judges and licensed officials in general. And so it has a lot of um, other aspects to it that, that go in. But I think getting the, the organizations to work together on a common goal is a big yeah. thing. Yes. The USDF Instructor's Certification Program, that's something else that you have been a big part of, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it is so important? That's a, a program that, that, of course, I have 
well, back up on that. Uh, in my position as president, I always wanted to see this program grow and develop. Um, I think it is, in the long term, very very important program. I think instructor certification is the way of the f in the future um, for a number of reasons. And, and one is simply uh, to, if somebody's new to the sport, they should feel very comfortable that they can choose an instructor, a place to start, where they're going to get good help, good guidance, safe help. Um, and, and a certain, if they have a horse, then the, the horse is also under watchful care and uh, to really come into the sport safely. It, it always has bothered me that it is a sport that somebody can just put up a shingle and it's a bit of a popularity. If somebody wins a lot of blue ribbons, suddenly they can be considered to be one of the best people. And um, But there's, I think it's important in our sport um, it is a sport that's based on tradition principles, training principles, um, and so it's based on a lot of theory. So I think knowledge, it's important to have the knowledge and to not only be a good instructor, but to have the knowledge and know why the principles of, of dressage. So I think instructor certification is is really uh, crucial. We, during my time as president, we tried to do a few things to move it forward. We introduced just recently the FEI level certification. Um, and now we're starting a project that I think will hopefully take this all a step further and, and um, end up hoping producing a product and, and that uh, people all want. Not only they want to be certified, but that um, those in the sport that are participating really want to um, seek out an instructor who has Either has certificate has certification and has that that uh, that behind them. Yeah. How can people who are looking for how can people find that instructor through the uh, program? Uh, there is information on the USDF website. Um, the certified instructors are listed, uh, so the information is available at the USDF USDF.org. Roberta, did you want to add anything to that about the certification program? I think I think it's important that, especially with the kids coming up through the programs, that they go through the certification program because it not only gives them the background and the understanding of, of teaching, which I think is tremendously important because just having the knowledge is one thing, but being able to teach, I think, is is quite important. And it also gives them a community of other certified instructors that they can share with and find out, you know, how to do things better. And so I think that uh, in these times that it's easy to lose a sense of community because we're so wrapped up in our social media and we do things now, you know, in a very insular sort of way that we need to be back into a community where we can share the ideas, so I'm all for it. And let me just add, I think it, when we're talking about instructor certification and what moving forward, we really want to look at continuing education for those that are certified so that they can continue to be, obviously continue their education and continue to explore ideas, and, and uh, especially as new thoughts come out about theory of teaching mm -hmm. and how people learn um, and all of that aspect of it. In addition um, to your time as USDF president and your uh, involvement there, you are also the USEF national youth coach. Um, how, what has been your main goal being the national youth coach? And when did you start? When did that 
uh, start? Oh boy, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when it started. Um, I think 2014, maybe somewhere around there. Um, you know, one of the things I always joke about or say is I, I think in in my position, what I'm really looking for are results that we might see in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Um, because for me, it's a lot about developing the next generation. It is about developing the next generation of of riders and trainers and horsemen in general. And then that can mean from any aspect, from being an owner to being a breeder to being just a spectator or a supporter of the sport, as well as is being um, potentially international competitors and representing their country that way. Um, so I think <clears throat> I take a very broad view of what we really want to achieve through the program. I think it's really important, obviously, that we keep in, in, uh, you know currently improving the knowledge and the training and, and the ability of our riders, but it's also very important to keep them enthusiastic and, and involved in the sport and that we don't lose them. We want, really are looking for young athletes to come into the sport for a lifetime and that it really um, stays with them and it's something they can do through their life and that they um, stay, stay with it, that they love it for the all the way through. Um, so how we approach that is, is I think, important. We don't want to burn them out. We don't want to sour them on the sport. Um, I think So we have some programs that are very much motivational or aspirational type programs. Um, and I think the European Young Rider Tour, which is our sort of the top of the top, is exactly that. Um, you know, when we take rider, young riders to Europe, it's very important that we feel that we have riders that are going to go and gain confidence and come back stronger and more confident and not take a, a rider who's maybe not quite ready and suddenly it comes back feeling defeated and, and, and kind of discouraged. So that we take that into consideration. Um, and, you know, in general, they're chosen based on their performances. But we do think about, is this really the right, you know, is it, it you make sure they go, it, Makes I should say, not is it the right, but making sure that they go and they have a positive experience. Um, and I think by having these sort of aspirational programs, it really, it, it may be motivational is a better way, it, it really, it, we're seeing more and more interest in, in, in people really working to become better riders and working at improving themselves and seeking out the education and the training. Um, and with that, of course, you know, half of our sport is the horses. So we have to have horses, good horses, good quality horses that have quality gates and, and um, are, are, are good in that sense. Um, they don't have to be the most expensive horses in the world, they don't, it, 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 but they do have to have good gates. And you know, through, the, through the training, they have to become good performers. Um, so I think that that part is very important. We have also a high-intensity training session that we do that's also sort of in the same category. That's where our emerging athletes are invited to that program. It's a program we currently run in Gladstone at the, uh, at the UA, former USCT, well, she's still the USCT headquarters. Um, so, and, and that, as I said, is invitational. And then we invite somewhere, depending on the year, but it's between 12 and 16 athletes and they're really again the athletes that have um that are really at the top 
tier of their group. There can be juniors, there can be young riders, and, and we have some U25, and, um, but it's really that top group. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, the regional clinics we do are just as important. Trying to create interest, uh, trying to and continue to improve the quality of riding. Um, I think the huge part of the program for me is being able to work with the personal trainers mm -hmm. because they're the ones that we need their help. The country is too big and we need to really work together as a team to produce more and more young riders and, and so better and better. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a huge part of what we're trying to do. So I think the ultimate goal is to have, yes, very strong riders, but I would like to see good horsemen, good riding, good riding, good training, um, good sportsmanship. And uh, I think ultimately it's also, you know, it's part of just becoming a good citizen. And, and that's all part of it. With kids who have the talent and might have a horse, but then, you know, whether they don't have the ride, they lose the ride, is there a way for these kids to have horses going moving forward? Is there a plan in place for that? How does that work? That's a, a good question, and it's a kind of a, a difficult question, a difficult thing to tackle. But I think we're extremely fortunate, and with London Gray's Dressage for Kids program, um, there there is a vehicle through that uh, for some of these young riders, from the youth riders, uh, to be able to have find horses that are really um, horses that they otherwise probably would never be able to have. Um, we had one on the trip to Europe this year that came through that program. It ended up winning at the Festival of Champions, the, the Young Rider National Championships in Chicago this summer. Um, and we had one, uh, so we've had, there have been some over the years. Um, and when we were actually in Compiègne in France, I sent London a text and said, have you ever had a horse be in the medals at a CDI in Europe? And uh, of course, this um, Kayla Cadillac and, and uh, Perfect Step were the first ones to do that, and um, it's really it actually is quite emotional to see because it's it you know it is providing these uh, the kids with horses that they otherwise would not have, mm -hmm. and so I think it it um, that's to me that's what one of the best parts of the Dressage for Kids program. Yeah. Your daughter, Noelle, has grown up um, in the sport and has her own successful career um, as a trainer and her own business. How has she influenced your goals and successes as the youth coach? Has, how has her involvement maybe changed things for you? Or you're, you're being a father with a daughter in the sport. I don't, know, I don't know if it's changed a lot other than I think I have a very good understanding and, and uh, an empathy for the other parents. It's, uh, I know what it takes. I know what it, yeah. uh, but you know, the, as far as whether it inspires to, for the programs, um, yes, to some extent, but I have to say that over the years I've had young riders as students that have really done a lot to inspire and um you know sadly this year we lost um amanda johnson and and um pretty really um prematurely in in age and she had gone through the young rider program she brought her young rider horse to grand prix and it was at a time where i was in a position to really help push the u25 Britina cup program and and to get it started and and she was really the inspiration for that so i think uh, 
you know, I have to thank a lot of the different young writers that I've come across over the years for a lot of what we're pushing to do because I think, you know, you see them and you think, well, if this one could only do that or if there's a writer here that really needs a horse or there's um, the opportunities. And, and I think for me, it's, I get the inspiration from a lot, but certainly being the father of a child who's gone through the program, I, I understand the ups and downs more than I really sometimes want to. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, the ups and downs, the ups are way high and the downs are way low. But uh, one of the things that having Noel go through the programs, um, well, I'll back up. Uh, Amanda Johnson certainly was a great inspiration for a lot of things for us because when Mandy came to us, we didn't have a U25 program and... And here was a clearly talented young person. And where was she going to go? What was she going to do? And so we thought, oh, my, my heavens, we need, we need to find the Amanda Johnsons in the country and, and get them to keep going. And so, so we started a lot of these programs. And as Noelle went through them, then she, her inspiration was where we started to see where the holes in the programs were, what we had forgotten, and how do we, how do we fix that? Because not only were we living it uh, as coaches and trainers, but it was our own kid. And so that's, that's how Noelle really helped the programs, um, in my opinion, other than the, the highs and the lows and the, you know, sewing the buttons on and drying the tears, so brings a whole different level of understanding to everything. Yeah. We'll be back with more in a minute, but first, a quick message from our sponsor. There is a fine line between good and great. Lactinase and Recovery from Vitaflex Pro are performance supplements for horses developed to maximize aerobic energy and support optimal muscle function before and after a workout. B vitamins and lipoic acid help the horse gain sufficient energy during a hard workout. After your workout, Vitaflex Pro Recovery provides key nutrients to aid in muscle tissue repair. Start strong and finish strong with Lactinase and Recovery from Vitaflex. So with the youth, and these are the, the kids coming up, that's the future of our sport. How do folks, the the regular everyday riders, the adult amateurs, the trainers, everybody in the sport, how can we continue to encourage these kids? How can everybody else get involved in encouraging them? I think the first thing is, for, is really to remember that it is a, a large community and we're all part of the same community. So we talk about the importance of the kids. We have to also think and address the importance of the adult amateurs to the sport. And I think that's going back to the U.S. Dressage Finals. That's one of the things, one of the things that we're really pleased that we're able to try, at least try to address that and, and give them a place where they can, they can shine and have the championship, you know, have a championships. I think that's really important. Um, and of course, then there are those that are owners and those, and of course you have all the trainers and the professionals. Um, so I think that the remembering that we're all part of the big picture is probably one of the most crucial things. Um, you know, and being able to to support or encourage 
any any age group to continue, I think is also crucial. I mean, I think the TDF um, Century Club is is a wonderful thing, and, and to me that it's the whole spectrum that I think is I think is important, and I think for our youth, it's important for them to see that it is something you can enjoy f through your whole life, and. I think adults, in a way, sort of show them that it is fun and it is enjoyable. Um, and we are, all adults are role models. So I think that's probably the most crucial thing. Um, you know, certainly if, if they're in position in a position to help or something like the, the Horses Through the Dressage for Kids program and or any of these things are really Wonderful, and, and um, <laughs> we certainly really appreciate what can be done, but we certainly don't expect that to be for everyone. So uh, I, for me, what I would, is going back to, I think we're all role models and encouraging everyone and remembering it really is one big happy family in the end. And we need, we need all parts. I mean, if we're going to have a future, we have to have the youth. But in order to have that future, we have to have today as well. I think that's a really good point. And you know, the adults and the spectators too, everybody enjoying the sport and enjoying the horse, you know, because that's what it all comes back to where we all began and started. This was the love of the horse. Yeah. Roberta, did you have anything to add to that? I agree with everything that George said. Um, ha ha ha. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it, no, it's not an accept, but I think sometimes what we forget as adults, especially in dressage, is that we get so serious about it. And being around a group of kids that get silly and find that joy that we had when we were children, I think that's something that we should think about trying to foster and and try to bring along because when you're watching that and they're joyful, we become joyful too. And I think that finding that back in our sport, I think is pretty important. Otherwise then we lose sight of like, you know, why we do this. It's because the love of the horse and the joy that they bring us. Absolutely. Changing gears a little bit. Um, 2020, we're going to be back in Vegas for a world cup. Um, are you looking forward? What are you looking forward to about being back in Vegas? I think, in general, the World Cup is such an exciting competition, and and it it's to me it's sort of the perfect competition because it's just the right number of competitors. Right, it, it's fun. You, you never get tired of sitting there. Um, I think it's a competition where even if somebody has is not. Um, a diehard dressage enthusiast can really enjoy it, and somebody who just has a little bit of knowledge about it can enjoy. I mean, obviously, the freestyles are, I think, can be enjoyed pretty much by everyone. Um, I think the quality of of riding and, and the quality of the freestyles is just getting better and better, and it, it's just more and more fun to see. Um, I think, of course, Las Vegas is always fun to be in. It's always exciting. It's very different from what we live in day to day. So it's it's fun that way. It's fun to see and uh, just looking forward to it. Dressage Today and Practical Horsemen are excited because we have uh, sweepstakes that we're doing. We had done this last time, uh, I guess the last two times that World Cup was in the States. And part of the sweepstakes pa package is that both of you will be uh, involved and taking part with our winner and giving them a little bit of a, a behind-the-scenes look at the sport. Um, Roberta, I'll start with you. Um, 
what is it that's important to you about being part of this program and taking part in in the sweepstakes with us? Well, first of all, being in Las Vegas is just going to be great. Uh, but I think that depending upon who it is that wins the sweepstakes, I think that being able to show them the 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 backstory of dressage and how these things work, I think is I think it's a lot of fun, at least from my point of view, to explain it, you know, and and show how that world really works. And it's sort of like being a docent at at a at a gallery and, you know, whomever it is that wins, I can just, I want to say right up front that when you, whenever you walk on a showgrounds with George Williams, you don't get from point A to point B very fast because you stop every 10 feet because somebody sees him and has to say hello to him. And then he has to say hello back. So you'll meet a lot, a lot of people from, you know, all over the world that have seen him. And so you just have to be patient if, you know, you want to get someplace fast, it's not going to happen. But um, I think that's going to be the fun part. And that's why I like, you know, that's why I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think the winner is going to get a little taste of what we get to do with our jobs at Dressage Today and Practical Horsemen. It's really fun to be able to kind of hang on your coattails a little bit and get to meet some of the people that you've met. Um, George, what can, what do you think that our winner can expect? I think Roberta covered a lot of it, but um, for me, it's in, in watching the actual performances and, and being able to talk about the performances and what what we like, what, what we think could be better, and, and what maybe what the judges are looking for, and um, hopefully to be able to help out in that sense, and, and um, having great discussion about, about the, the riding and the horses. Moving forward, or just talking about something else, memories in the sport. You both have been involved in this sport for so many years. Here we are at Devon, which we have always, we've been lucky enough to come here for for the past 10 years I've been coming and it always feels like coming home and it's such a great place to see people that you haven't seen in a while. What are some of the great memories that you've had here and memories just in the sport in general that you've had? over the years. Boy, I could go on forever, I think, with all the great memories. So it, it certainly is a sport that brings, it, it, that uh, sort of encourages memory, shall we say. Um, I think first, for me, just being, as you mentioned with Devon, being at Devon, um, I think Devon, one, is a very special place. It um, always has had more of a European feel to it than most of the showgrounds or venues in this country. Um, and I always, I like that. I like that the excitement that can be felt here. And part of it is because of the, because of the venue and, and the size of the venue and, and it's relatively compact and everything fits in. Um, certainly I've had some of my, I had some of my best rides here. Uh, you know, we had with Roche, we had three years in a row with winning the freestyle and really sold out crowds. And, and that, that in itself was really quite exciting. And, and, um, and, it, and it was such a, I think the big thing, it was such an enthusiastic and appreciative crowd that it really makes it a special place. And to be in under lights in the evening is, and outside. Um, so I think it, to me, Devon is, is, is always held a special place in my heart and and um but you know the the other memories there's so many different memories and um 
whether it's doing the, the parade of teams at Aachen at the end when you sort of gallop around half out of control waving the white <laughs> handkerchief. That's, that's certainly one of those, those memories. Um, you know, the, 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 we were <clears throat> thinking about it earlier. Um, the first, com first competition I had in Europe was in Oldenburg uh, as the CDI. In, in, it's an indoor stadium. And I remember riding the Grand Prix and doing the canter zigzag, and suddenly the end of the, the short side was right there, and I was running out of room, and I couldn't figure out why I was running out of room. And uh, But I went on to the next movement, and I went on with the test, and it ended up being a good test. And this was my first Grand Prix in Europe with, with Rocher, and uh, we ended up placing second in the class. And um, I was standing in the awards ceremony, getting ready for the awards ceremony, and I asked, um, or got talking to the person beside me who was, happened to be Sandy Fluger-Clark, who ended up third, I think she was third in the class. Anyway, I said something to her about the arena, and she said, yeah, it's, it's, it's short. I had the same problem. So I asked my trainer, who, who was a German, who knew the arena well, and my trainer told me after the fact, she said, oh yeah, the arena's two meters too short. <laughs> and neither of us could figure out why why we couldn't um, fit the zigzag in properly. <laughs> but but, uh, but you know, of course we'd both laugh that our trainer waited until afterwards to tell her. Um, so but and, but I think you know it's fun memories like that where things might go a little bit wrong, but but not terribly, of course. Um, and then I you know I was very fortunate and and very grateful to Chuck and Joanne Smith for. Uh, letting me ride Rocher and be able to compete Rocher and do so much with her because so many of the memories are based on, on her and such a wonderful horse. Um, but you know, I think the other thing that some, as a professional, we sometimes forget about is um, pretty much every day when you're instructing, and I say something frequently, or I think of an exercise, I frequently think of the instructor or the trainer who taught me the exercise. So there, there's always this sort of connection to the people in your past who have helped make you what you are from that perspective, from the riding training perspective, or made the trainer a rider that you are. Um, so for me, that always brings back fond, fond memories of those people. So I think, the, as I said, I think the sport itself lends itself to so many wonderful, wonderful memories. For me, I, one thing I do agree with George, I could go on and on and on because, um, you know, we've been around, we're older than dirt, and we have a lot of memories. Uh, I do need to correct him that it was not three years in a row that you won on Rocher. You won in 2002. <laughs> Wait, I want, I want everybody to hear that. Say that again. You're, you're right, yes. Good. <laughs> because for me, one of, uh, of course, I love Devon. There is no place quite like it. But the year that both our daughter Noelle rode in the junior, um, it was the USEF uh, junior championships here, which was the precursor to the juniors being a part of the NAYRC. So she rode Ann Witten's horse, um, Ann Sparks' horse rather, uh, Piquel, and George was here with Roche. And so I had to shuttle back and forth between the barn that Noel was in and where George was. And that was in 2005, and that's when uh, Roche won for the third time, and it was standing room only here. The cars were parked on the park uh, on the warm up, and people just came out in droves. And when George came in the arena, it, 
you could hear a pin drop. And then this sort of murmur went through the crowd and because Roche was here. And she had won the Grand Prix the day before because you had to move forward from the Grand Prix to the freestyle. And it just was this excitement. And when she came down the center line, you could just feel it. And when she finally finished, the crowd went nuts. And and even during the test, when she did her extended trot with her floppy ears, people were trying to keep their hands from clapping. It was so hard. So he won, and he set the high-score record for the freestyles. And the next day, Noelle rode Piquel, and she set the high score for the juniors. And those scores still stand almost, what, 10, 15 years later. So I had both of them winning, and it was just wonderful. Both of their expressions, when they they finished and halted their final salute, looking at their horses, you know, it was, was, wow. You know, I couldn't be more proud as a wife and a mother. And so that was one of my, my big memories. And when we went to Gothenburg in, I think, 2002, was it 2002? 03, I think it was 03. And by this point in time, Roche was legendary in Europe. She had fan club, and everybody knew this horse with the, with these ears. And it was also very important to the Europeans because uh, in 2001, we came over right after September 11th. And, and that was very strange, going through the airport, and there was nobody there. And George mentioned he had been at Oldenburg, and nobody knew who he was. You know, who was this American guy on this black mare with these ears so after we did Oldenburg and he led the class all the way up until the last rider which was Lisa Wilcox and and again they were like who's who is this guy who is he so when we the next horse show was in Munich and in Europe they have background music to the Grand Prix and they fit it they're very very clever they fit you know, the trot music is trot music, the canter music is canter music, so it really can enhance, and it tells a little bit of a story, which, again, they're very, very clever. So when we were in Oldenburg, because they didn't know who George was, they just used James Bond. So when we got to Munich, he came down the center line, and they had decided to use American patriotic music, because they could not believe we came across the ocean, and because of September 11th, and and so it was the Hooked on Classics American music, and people stood up as he came. I don't even know if you were aware of that, but they stood up as, you know, in, in deference to Americans and September 11th. And it was, it was so moving. It was, yeah. So we had this sort of fan base before the Internet, you, before you had Facebook pages. And so we went to Gothenburg, and we we were just so excited to be there. You know, it's like, oh, wow, Noelle was with us. And so the crowd was so enthusiastic. Well, Noelle had stolen a pillowcase from the hotel that she wrote on it, Go Rocher. And she was in the top of the stands, and George finished up, and the crowd was going nuts. And they showed his face on the big jumbotron, and clearly he was happy because it was a great ride. And they knew that this kid was up there at the top of the bleachers. And, of course, Europeans don't do that. Americans do. So there she is jumping up and down with the Go Rocher. And it's in the videotapes. If you buy those videotapes from that, so 
<laughs> so that was a pretty fun time. So there's a lot of memories and a lot of people through the years helped us um, take this journey that we've been on, you know, and I could go on and on and on, but that could be another podcast. That That's amazing. And I the stories that you have and that you've been able to share with us. We really appreciate you both taking the time to do that. And I'm kind of teary here just listening to it. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your stories and for being such great ambassadors of the sport and, and being so supportive of the sport and of everything. Thank you so much. Stay tuned throughout our coverage presented by Vitaflex leading up to and during the FEI Dressage World Cup final. And here's a super cool opportunity that you won't want to miss. You can win a trip for two to the 2020 FEI World Cup Dressage final in Las Vegas. Event tickets, airfare, and hotel accommodations included. Plus, VIP all-access pass at the show with USDF National Dressage Youth Coach George Williams and USDF Silver and Gold Medalist Roberta Williams. Visit dressagetoday.com slash World Cup Travel Sweeps. Sponsored by Vitaflex. Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. You can learn more from Dressage Today and read in-depth training articles at dressagetoday.com or you can visit our new on-demand video site. And for daily dressage training tips and advice, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Happy riding! The Dressage Today podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Active Interest Media and the Equine Network. 